Welcome to the weekly message from Upper Room Community Church in Vaughan. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and provide practical ways to strengthen your relationships. For more information, visit us at upperroom.ca. Good morning, church. I hear lots of coughs. That were some of you still trying to stretch a few more days out of summer, refusing to wear coats this week? Well, here it is. Um, we are at the end of a journey that we've been on as a church called Rooted, and uh, the premise of that journey really for, for every one of us, regardless of whether you've come from a faith background or not, regardless of whether you were prepared to go on the Rooted journey or not, was based on the premise that all of us in our heart of hearts want to grow, that we want to be people that... Um, are, are moving, that there's meant to be movement in our lives. And we know this at times when we feel uh, a word that maybe we'd all use to describe. We Sometimes we feel stuck as if something's not happening that needs to happen or we're trapped in the middle of a situation or a circumstance that seems to be stalling us out. That actually is a clue to all of us that in our hearts we were meant to be people who are growing. And we put in front of you this metaphor that the scripture uses to describe our lives, which even if you've never heard it before or maybe sounds strange at first, as we begin to understand it and say, yeah, this is what my life is supposed to be, and that is of a tree. And the idea of a tree is that it, it grows down and it grows up and out. That, that, that a tree, if it's going to be healthy and strong, needs to have roots, and the deeper the better, to go and find the water table, the life that allows it to grow up strong and, and wide and stable and steady, but then also up and out. And that if we use like a fruit tree, for example, that a fruit tree, when it's at its fullest and best and brightest and most healthy, is not only strong and stable and beautiful to look at, but in a sense, it is a blessing to everyone who comes close to it. That all living things are blessed by a fruit tree that is able to grow up and out. And what we said is that our lives, we know this actually, are meant not just to be strong for ourselves, but that we were meant to be a blessing for other people, that in a sense, we don't just live for ourselves, that we're meant to grow. And so over these last, I guess, 10 weeks, we've been exploring, well, what does it mean to, to actually be rooted in God, which we have said is that the, the, that the whole source of our life comes from a relationship with God, that we've been created to be in relationship with the Creator, and that out of that relationship, as we begin to know Him more, we begin to understand ourselves more, and we begin to grow up and out. Now, even though perhaps all of us could say, yes, I, I think that's true, that's what I want to be, and maybe the snapshot of your life today looks really good, maybe there's lots of fruit on the branches, and you think, oh yeah, I feel strong, I feel stable, I feel like I'm a blessing to other people, maybe the snapshot of your life says, well, there's nothing above the ground, actually, right now, but that we know that we're people in process. However, even if we're all willing to recognize that, there is something that we kind of come to today at the end of our service, which, at the end of this series, which um, is, is, a, is a, par a paradigm apart from what the Bible talks about spiritual growth is. And that is primarily in our culture and even in our Christian culture, we have viewed growth as a private matter, as a private pursuit. That, that it's something I'm supposed to work on by myself. And in fact, we might say, well, you know, if I'm going to be the person I need to be, I need to take charge of my life. I need to take the reins of my life. I need to stop living for other people's expectations, and I'm going to go and do this. And in fact, a lot of modern spirituality is very private spirituality. It, it is go by yourself on a mountain, wherever it is, your yoga mat, and find that place between you and whatever, and, and as a, in, in your private life, then that will somehow give you strength, and then you can go and grow. Or certainly we say, well, well, Faith, religion, all that stuff, that's a very private matter. We don't talk about that 
in public because these things are, are private things. And, and we're meant to then sort of pursue that on our own and we're figuring out life on our own and we're trying to do it ourselves. And, and in a sense, as the church, we have even bought into that mentality. And so we have this idea of, well, I'll pray, but I'll pray by myself. Like, I'm not comfortable praying with other people, but I'll pray by myself. And, and I'll read my Bible, you know, by myself. And if I'm struggling with something, I'll figure it out myself. And yet, whether you're in the church or out of the church, you've never been to church, or whatever your church background is or your faith journey is, you know by myself doesn't actually lead to growth. That being alone actually stunts our growth. Because what we find when we're alone is, ooh, I'm the problem. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm left alone with my own thoughts and myself, that's when I begin to realize, wait, there are things in me that I need to change, and I realize I can't save myself. I can't change myself. We begin to be left alone with the last words that someone spoke to us, maybe that were critical or that have weighed on us for many years and left to our own thoughts. We don't go to a good place. We go to a dark place. Or perhaps you might find this, that the more alone we do life, the more selfish we become and the less we are actually able to interact with people. And we actually can't avoid people. They're everywhere. <laughs> Even us introverts are always trying to find a place. I mean, us, I'm not, you know what I'm saying, but this isn't an introvert extrovert thing. People are everywhere, and yet even time alone we find, I'm not actually, sometimes I can become more selfish. Or perhaps you've had this experience, that the more you're struggling with something, some of us tend to want to move further away from people when we're struggling with something, and actually, in the end, we actually feel more isolated. We don't feel closer to them. We don't feel better. And yet, our tendency is to go inward. Or perhaps we've realized, and you've all known this on some level, I know this for sure, when we are struggling with a sin or something dark about our lives, their tendency is to want to keep it to ourselves, and yet the more we keep it to ourselves, the more fuel gets added to the fire. And so what we find is myself isn't actually helpful to grow. What we're going to do today at the end of this kind of series is this beautiful tank behind me, and the water's warm, not too warm. Okay, we fixed that last, from last time. Baptism, the, uh, the baptism act is in a sense... Um, descriptive of what the Christian life actually calls us to, which is the furthest thing from growth and, and change by myself. And the Apostle Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 13, and then I'm just going to jump to 27 just at the end. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And then verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. What does this mean? The Apostle Paul is writing to this relatively young church, trying to explain to them what it means to be in Christ, or with Christ, or following Christ. And it is a description of a life that is completely different than I'm going to change myself. And the baptism act, actually Chris Pereira is going to get baptized in a while, and I don't know who else. Some of you, we, we're going to do an open invitation this morning. So for some of you uh, that you've been wanting to get baptized, you've been thinking about it, you've been putting it off or whatever, we got water, you're here, we're ready to go. Now, the Holy Spirit might put it on your heart to do that, but we have clothes for you, so don't get hung up on, I didn't plan on that, I'm not, this isn't my baptism outfit, don't worry, we even have a nice t-shirt for you. But let me just set that aside for a moment. What Chris is going to do in this moment, and as I describe it, maybe you'll say, yeah, this is for me too. It is, in a sense, a reenactment of the death 
and resurrection of Jesus. And the dying part is a saying no to a certain kind of way of living. And the rising part is a saying yes to a different way of living. And what we say no to when we get baptized, you know, and Jesus who died and was in the ground for three days, and we won't keep you under there for three days, we'll bring you right back up. But he was in the ground, dead, dying to, 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 life, to his physical life that was given, and then raised again with a new physical life. And it sent out a message to all who would follow him that this was a new way of living. And so in baptism, we don't actually die, but we reenact the death and life. And what is it that you are, when Chris comes up here in a few moments and he dies and goes under the water and comes up to you, what is he saying no to? He's saying no to three things. Saving myself, living by myself, living for myself. I say no to saving myself living by myself, living for myself. That's what it says in the, in the scriptures. When you are in Christ, you have died to saving yourself. You recognize private spirituality, me trying to fix me, me pursuing whatever path I can do to get there, me trying to cleanse me, me trying to forgive me, it doesn't happen. I cannot save myself. That song we just sang, Jesus is the Christ, the saving one. And when we go under the water, it's just saying, I'm not going to save myself anymore. I'm not going to try to fix myself. I know that the only hope for me is Christ and what he has done for me. And in fact, it's not just some minor tweaks and minor modifications, and I'm a mistaker in need of correction. No, I actually need to die to an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of feeling, an old way of acting, and I need a new life. And I realize only Jesus can give that to me. And so I die to saving myself. But the revolutionary part in the sense of this passage is Paul says, look, when we were baptized, we were baptized into, or in other words, you come out of the water, you have also died to living by yourself and living for yourself. Why? He says, because you are actually now a part of a body. And, and a body is not mechanically or simply spatially connected. In fact, you know, those of you know that if, there, if you've ever severed the end of a finger or whatever, have tried to reattach that, if there's a surgery, they have to find a way, did it take? Did things actually biotically begin to grow and mend this thing back, or was this just sewn back on? That the body actually is alive and healthy when it is organically, interdependently connected to one another. And the Apostle Paul says, when we become Christians, we die to a way of living that says, I live by myself and I live for myself. Then I'm actually baptized into a body. Unfortunately, some of the emphasis on baptism over the last 40 or 50 years, there's a song that maybe they, were, they sang at your baptism or maybe somebody's baptism you went, you know, um, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And then the second verse says, though none go with me, still I will follow. And I always think, well, if I look at my own life, if none go with me, I'm not going to be following very long. Like, it's, don't worry, it's me in the, against the world and I have made this commitment to Jesus and it's just me and Jesus. No, you have been actually organically connected in to a body you no longer live on your own. And that's good news and it's challenging news. That I don't need to live by myself anymore, that God has actually purposed for me to be a part of the other metaphor scripture uses a family. That I'm connected in like a family. But I'm not meant to live for myself either. And so in a sense, faith in Jesus and the act of baptism and why we do it together is it is both personal, not private, but personal and communal. It has a personal story. Chris is going to get up here and share his story of an encounter with Jesus, how, how he realized he was not going to save himself. 
And his story is unique to him. It's got details and twists and turns that are unique to his story, but it's the same story as yours if you follow Jesus. We have, in a sense, we share the same story. It's why we can get together from, from every tribe, and it says there's no, no more Greek or Jew, no more slave or free. In other words, it doesn't matter what your ethnic background is. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. We are together one, and what we share in common are the things that we profess together every week that we can sing no matter what our stories are. Jesus is the Christ, the saving one. You know, from, from a slavery and shame, I have, re- I have been redeemed. What that means for me when I sing it is maybe different from you, but we both sang it. And, it mean, and it's true for both of us. And so as we come together, in a sense, we realize, no, we're not meant to save ourselves. Neither are we meant to live by ourselves or live for ourselves. In a sense, Chris gets baptized in front of you and then says, I am dependent on you to help me grow. I am with you. I am one of you. I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this body. But I cannot do this alone. And as he shares his testimony in a few minutes, I said this to him. You know, we talked about oftentimes when people get baptized, like, yeah, but say my story, like, being, do we have to do this in front of everyone? And the thing I say to them that always makes people go, okay, I'll do it, is when you speak out your story, it ignites faith in someone else's heart, or someone else who thinks, I'm too far gone, or God can't save me, or I've done this, or I just, I can't see him. Suddenly, they will see him reaching out to them through your story. They say, okay, why? Because they know he did it for me, he can do it for you. And so this is both a personal act, it's a very personal, important day for Chris in his spiritual journey, and maybe for some of you that will choose to get baptized as well, but it is a communal day. It is one we celebrate together. It's probably one of the most exciting days of the year, right? When we, why? Because when someone gets baptized, in a sense, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, their story resonates so deeply within us, it's like we're re, they're reenacting our own baptism. And we too say, yes, I've died to saving myself. I've died to living by myself. I've died to living for myself. And I say yes to being a part of Christ in his body. For every one of us who have followed Jesus, this becomes our story. And so here's what I want to encourage you today, and in a few minutes, Chris is going to get up and and share his story. For those of you that have been baptized, I want to ask you this. If you've been baptized, have I been trying to forgive myself, change myself, make decisions by myself, and direct myself. See, see what, if we are in Christ, and if you've been baptized, and you see this happen again, you have to ask yourself, wait, have I gone, and you know, one of the things it finds in Scripture all the time is the Apostle Paul or whoever's writing to the church will say, hey, you, you follow Jesus. Why are you living like your old way? You died. You have a new life. Why are you living like the old life? And so it's possible, in a sense, for us to live out of old ways of thinking and old habits, and you might need to say to yourself, yes, I, I did. I went in that water. I died to saving myself. But am I trying to do it again? In other words, are there things that, <clears throat> that are in me that I'm trying to fix myself, that I haven't actually taken to Jesus, confessed to Jesus? Am I trying to do this life that he's given me, this marriage, this job, whatever, on my own, in my own strength? Am I trying to make decisions or direct myself? Jesus saved me, yeah, but now I'm just, I just keep making decisions, and I'm not actually stopping and saying, Jesus, you own my life now. You're not just Savior, you're Lord, so what do you want to do with my life? What do you want to do with my money? What do you want to do with this job? What do you want to do with this relationship? And so as he goes into that tank and comes out, you need to ask yourself, have I been living that old way again? Oh, Jesus, I need you. I can't save myself. I don't want to live by myself. You also need to ask yourself, how am I interacting with the body? Here's some questions to think about. Have I been withdrawing from people? Or maybe have I been fake with people? 
Is there stuff that's going on in my life that really nobody knows about? And let me just say this, just because your spouse knows about it doesn't mean the body of Christ knows about it. Your spouse isn't the sum total of the body of Christ. And yes, you need to be honest with each other, but sometimes you can have what's going on in a relationship, just stay in a relationship, and it's not, it's not actually out there to heal. And so is there someone else that I need to include in my journey? Have I been fearful of letting somebody in? Have I been reluctant to serve someone else? If you've been baptized, you were baptized into a body. Your life is not your own. You don't live by yourself or live for yourself anymore. And so maybe this is a day, in a sense, to re-engage your baptism into the body of Christ, into the family of God. And if you're new here and you think, well, I'm not ready for that, it's okay. You're journeying with this. But over time, as you begin to sort of get connected and say, okay, God has brought me into this family, this body. I'm not just mechanically or spatially connected to it. I'm actually organically connected to it. Who needs to come alongside me in my journey? One of the things I love about this church is that so many of you are walking alongside each other. But perhaps you've been drifting away or there's something been going on in your life that's caused you to step back. And as the baptism happens again, you need to say, wait, no, I've been baptized into a body. I don't live by myself. I don't live for myself anymore. Now, if you haven't been baptized, water's warm. <laughs> perhaps some of you have been thinking about this. And maybe you've been thinking too much about this. and You just know, I just want to do this or I just need to do this. And, and that is my story. Maybe as you're listening to Chris, the details might be a bit different, but you're like, I could be up here saying a story. And the good news is today, you won't have to. <laughs> we won't make you share your, horse, your whole story if you want to get baptized. But maybe you say, this is me. That's, that's your testimonies for you to walk from there to here. And I'm going to ask you, is it, is it your conviction that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord? And you understand now that you don't need to save yourself or live by yourself or live for yourself and you want to follow him. And if you say yes, that's it. That's your witness. It is your testimony, the long walk from where you are to here. But some of you may, and your hearts may be pounding right now because you know, like that's me. And it's not up to me to convince you. But if, if you can sit there and say, Jesus, this is what you want to do to her. I know I want to do this. Perhaps maybe some of you grew up in traditions where you were baptized as infants. But you could honestly say, well, that, this has never been a part of my life. It really wasn't a part of my parents' life. It, it wasn't what I ever understood it to be, but I, I get it now. And, and, and I have a story now, and this is what I want to do. The waters are open for you too. And there's clothes, like I said, and all that. We'll tell you what to do. But for now, I just want to invite Chris up, and he's going to kind of finish the sermon with his own story. And as you listen, listen to what God might be saying to you, whether you've been baptized before or not, wherever you are in this journey. What does it mean for you to be not saving yourself anymore, not living by yourself, not living for yourself? Chris, come on up. Um, before I give you the benediction, feel free to hang around after and just read some of the stories that are on the wall. We have a 30-minute party upstairs, good coffee, so you can head up there. That's just the weird spaceship-looking thing above the popcorn stand. Um, I just want to bless you sitting here watching this and being a part of it as you have been. And as I was singing there about the amazing grace, I just felt uh, the Holy Spirit saying to me, Vijay, do you believe that new life is possible? Like over and over and over again? And I just wondered whether there's, maybe there's just some of us who have given up on some area of new life in our, in our lives. 
Like, like maybe there's a sin that you've been battling with or an addiction or just a, a dark place that you've been in that you think, I don't know if light can shine here again, or maybe someone in your life that seems to be so lost or shrouded in such darkness. This, you know, three times over we watched this story of miraculous new life, and it reenacted the death and resurrection of Jesus at which he declared over all of creation, over all of death and hell, even death cannot hold back what I'm doing. And so it says to us, there's no area in your life, in my life, there's no person, there's no heart, there's no space of darkness into which his light can't shine. And maybe we've lost a little bit of faith in that. And so to see this again today is a reminder of amazing grace and how far-reaching it is. And so I just want to bless you with that kind of faith renewal in your life. Far beyond positivity, far beyond silver linings, far beyond, well, maybe somehow things will turn. To know that God can do more than we can ask or imagine, that Jesus Christ is right now praying for you, praying for us, praying for those that you are praying for, and that he can breathe life even into things that are dead and gone. And that's amazing grace. And that what you have seen here will remind you, and what you read on the walls will remind you, that this is just the beginning of the new work that God is doing. He is not done. Amen.